We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Here we are. Welcome back to episode 94 of the Underage Packers podcast. So glad to have you here. I am Joey, one of your co-hosts here today. Joining me, as always, from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan is my great friend, Big B. Big B, always a pleasure, always an honor to be talking Green Bay Packers football with you. How are you doing today? I'm tired because you dragged me out of bed this morning to do this, so I'm tired. Drag you out of bed? You can't – 11 a.m. your time is too early? Yes. Mm, I see. I I mean, I'm having a Dr. Pepper for breakfast, so that's just all the hype I need. But uh, today on tap for you guys, we got an interview with Maggie Loney of a Pax What She Said podcast from Cheesehead TV. Uh, Always a great time interviewing Maggie. Always – uh, a great interview. One of the best guests. Uh, she just really knows uh, how to talk. I don't know how to phrase it, but she she's always uh, uh, easy, fun to talk to about the Green Bay Packers. So we had a great chat with her about the upcoming Cleveland Browns game. And then me and Big B, uh, at the latter half of this episode, we will talk about uh, the Packers game against the Ravens this past week. We'll do a full recap of that. We'll tell you why people are wrong how the people tried to lie to you about Brian Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur. And uh, then we'll talk about even more exciting stuff or some not exciting stuff, including the COVID-19 list. But let's hit it, though, to our interview with Maggie Loney. All right, welcome back. We are here now with our guests from the PAX, which she said podcast, Maggie Loney. Maggie, uh, thanks for joining us once again. It's a miracle that you wanted to come back, uh, but always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks for thinking of me. I don't have my Dr. Pepper, but I do have cold brew. So it's like 1030 in my time. So exactly. Yeah, (laughs) 1030. I barely had breakfast, but, you know, it's early in the morning. So Dr. Pepper Cherry will will, uh, cure it. (laughs) Breakfast you need. But uh, today with Maggie, you know, uh, Big B pointed out we didn't have any specific plans to have you on this week. We had you probably somewhere down the line, but Big B pointed out to me. Uh, that, you know, you probably, your husband, Mark, is a Browns fan, so you probably know more about the Cleveland Browns than most Packers fans do. So we had to get you on and just absolutely grill you to uh, get to the bottom of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, unfortunately, Big B is probably right that I do know more than anybody would probably like to know about the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, I think it'll be a fun game despite uh, despite the Browns not having a very good year this year. Absolutely. So like when... You and Mark, first, your relationship first started. Was there any effort for like either one of you to try to convince each other to uh, convert over to the other uh, team? So Mark isn't like a huge football fan. He likes to watch football, but then he started dating me and he was like, oh, this is, you know, there's a lot of layers to this. She actually, you know, is a little too interested in football. Um, so he knew that that wasn't happening from his perspective. Um, he had more just like casually followed the Browns for a long time. And then me starting or caring so much about football made him start to care more. Um, and okay. it became something that we kind of bonded over. Okay. That's cool. I, 
uh, you know, you got the Sunday ticket, the red zone. So, and then he has to have <laughs> something to root against you. Um, I'm sure what, what were the tough years like before the past three years when it was like 2016, 17, 18, even like, what, how did you try to cope, help Mark cope with his, uh, his hard times? So we were actually at the game in 2017 when the Packers played and we had spent a ton of money to go down to Cleveland and we bought our tickets and then obviously Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the Brett Hundley, Deshaun Kaiser bowl and tickets were like 10 bucks that day. Like you could have oh just gone God. to the game, um, but it was fun. It was super cold on Lake Erie, um, but mm -hmm. definitely a fun stadium to go to. Browns fans are awesome. They're a little aggressive, a little hostile, <laughs> but they are, <laughs> they are fun people. Um, but Mark actually thinks that these years are harder because when you're a Browns fan, you don't have expectations. And now, you know, a lot of people pick them to win the AFC and even be the representative in the Super Bowl um, this year. And he doesn't like that. He's not used to having expectations yeah. and actually being let down when his team loses. So huh. I told him Saturday is going to be a, a rough day for him, I think. Yeah. Tell, tell Mark he can get used, like as Packers fans have had to go through that for a while outside of two years of a past 30. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll take what we can get. Uh, but back to the Packers, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Browns game a little later on. Uh, so a little bit of news here that Packers last night, we found out that three, uh, that three of them made the Pro Bowl and the Aaron Rodgers, Fonte Adams, and Kenny Clark, three pretty obvious choices. Um, I personally think that really there's, I, I, I guess Devondre Campbell could make an argument for, but for me, I think those three were the right choices. Um, and there really wasn't anybody else who played at a Pro Bowl level week in and week out. But we've had some amazing contributions uh, from a lot of different guys. But obviously, you're going to have Yash Nyman or uh, John Runyon make the Pro Bowl. Uh, but do you guys think there was any uh, strong Pro Bowl snubs for the Packers this year? Big B, what do you think about Jamal Williams being snubbed? You know, I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, I'm not not very uh, happy right now about that. I uh, should have definitely gotten in. Same with Dean Lowry. Same with Dean Lowry. Oh, shoot. We, we should have started a campaign for Dean Lowry. But, yeah, the Lions fans didn't understand the assignment. You were very much, like, pretty much campaigning. You were invaded Lions fan territory with your Jamal Williams fan page, and you pushed hard for Jamal, and they just, like – I'm sure they embrace them, but like they just did not uh, like they have nothing to root for. So they should have at least got some motive going with Jamal Williams. Yeah, they definitely let me down. Yeah. And then it's also a shame we would have definitely have a lot more if uh, four of our pro bowlers weren't injured. Uh, but Corey Lindsley, though, uh, went to the Chargers and made the pro bowl for the first time in his career. So round of applause there for Mr. Corey Lindsley. It always feels like players get picked just a couple years late, you know, because you, yes. you don't get the national recognition and then you finally have it. And that's when you get the pro bowl, even if it's not your best season, but the Browns had five pro bowlers, which is kind of, kind of strange to think about. So lots of good talented players coming to Lambeau on Saturday. For sure. Um, so that's pro bowl. I love seeing everybody freak out about it, get mad about <laughs> it. Um, it's always a fun time of the year. Like I said on Twitter last night, it's, Pro Bowl votes, uh, Madden ratings, and the NFL Top 100 list. I'm sure players care a little bit about the Madden ratings just for a little bit of bragging rights amongst the league. Pro Bowl votes, some of them, when 
it's in their contract for bonuses when they make the Pro Bowl. But other than that, I, I don't think they care at all about the NFL regardless. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, we do, I hit on it a little bit uh, about the injured players. I just want injured players back. I was just sitting here last night trying to fall asleep, and I looked over to my side, and I saw my Jair Alexander bobblehead, and it made me very sad that we aren't seeing him out there on the field. And then, like, David Bakhtiari, obviously, friend of the show, he's not out there, and it just seems like the dates for them just keep being pushed back further and further and further along. And you got Kenny Clark missing a week now, so, like, we are just – I need them back for the playoff motivation, for the playoff stories. So I, I'm sure you guys obviously – everybody, every Packers fan, it's impossible to not be sad about the players who are missing out there on the field. But we're still finding ways to win uh, with the, the players that we got out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of is a testament to how this team is so much different than the teams we've seen previously under LaFleur and the fact that they are finding ways to win without some of their best players. And hopefully it sounds like Jair could come back relatively soon, but I don't know if there was another Bakhtiari setback. We don't know about Z, Josh Myers. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of missing yeah. pieces here. A lot of unknowns. I like with Matt LaFleur's press conferences, I know everybody wants him to give an answer like, Oh, five to six weeks on this guy. But I genuinely have no clue on how many starters we're going to be getting back. It would not surprise me if it's just Billy Turner or if it's just Jair Alexander or we get a whole buttload of them back and Josh Myers, Billy Turner, David Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, Jair Alexander, Zedary Smith. Um, so either way, we, we, we got a lot uh, of questions, a lot of mysteries but we'll just have to see. And then hopefully by the NFC conference championship game, everybody is back and uh, playing at their uh, high level to their full potential. At Lambeau field. Absolutely. <laughs> um, one thing that I want to talk about, uh, just looking ahead to the future a little bit. When you talk about the Packers future, there's a lot of doubts, a lot of concerns, uh, but I wanted to talk about a good thing that you can look forward to in the Packers future um, and that is Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander and their potential to be one of the best cornerback duos in the league. Um, both of them, uh, Jair definitely, but uh, Eric maybe, are looking like great steals in the draft for Brian Gutekinds at the cornerback position. And Eric had a really nice game this past weekend against the Ravens, even though uh, Mike Pettin, or I'm sorry, Joe Barry, uh, had them play off uh, eight yards in coverage and then, uh, but Eric made the attempt quickly to get back up to Marquise Brown when the Ravens were just stinking and dunking to him on that final drive. But Big B, what are you thinking on the possibility of Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander probably being the best cornerback duo for the Packers since I don't even know? Um, well, I was going to um, tweet this like probably like two months ago, and I was going to say – Jair and Eric Stokes is what Jair and Kevin King were supposed to be. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like it was so frustrating because we had Jair, we finally hit on him. And then it was just like, all right, what can we plug in here to make this uh, a great duo, which when you have a great cornerback is great. But then when you have two, obviously that makes both of them even greater players. 
I might be making no sense here, but just because like <laughs> there's nobody to throw at. Um, hey, like Josh Jackson in the same draft as Jair Alexander. Uh, but now it's looking like the two first rounders are putting it together, which is exciting to see. Yeah. I mean, I think the nice thing about Eric Stokes is like you talked about his recovery speed, where even if Jair is going to be the lockdown guy, Stokes has shown that he's got that ability to do that. And he's got the speed to make up for things, which the Packers didn't necessarily have in Kevin King and haven't had in quite a long time. And, you know, to kind of further your point about who do you throw at, Packers are also spoiled to have one of the better safety tandems in the league. Even if they had Eric Stokes and Jair, if they had oh God, Kentrell Bryce and haha Clinton Dix back there, it might, it might oh, be a little yeah. bit different than what we're seeing right now with Amos and Savage. For sure. I like, uh, I don't even want to think another day about Kentrell Bryce <laughs> or like the, the safety duos that we were throwing out there from like ever since the Morgan Burnett days were over. Uh, and then a few good years of haha Clinton Dix. After that, it was some rough years out there at safety. I mean, Tremont Williams having to be moved back there was kind of the low point for us, I'd say. <laughs> but then uh, Gutekinds went out there, realized the need, and like you said, he got Amos and free agency, and then Darnell in the draft. So, uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Those uh, safety group has to be helping out. Um, the corners now a lot with Rasul Douglas and Eric Soaks, but then uh, hopefully uh, once Jair gets back, we'll, uh, that secondary will be pretty hard to pass on. Absolutely. All right. Now Christmas is coming up. It is the second most important thing happening this Saturday. Um, and I, I just want to ask you guys, Tim Backus did an article on this where she said TV, but uh, Big B, don't tell me a PlayStation 5. That's not what I'm asking here, but what do you want? for a Packers Christmas year? Um, Jamal Williams to just magically <laughs> appear on the field and play for the Packers again. You just want him to spawn in there? Yes. Okay, that's a solid answer. I, I, I want, if we're going that route, I want BJ Raji to come out of his hiatus. And I, I still think he could throw guys around. And I mean, he, he would be the help that Kenny Clark needs. Um, in this game specifically, I want, 10 inches of snow. I want it to be an absolute blizzard. I really wanted that for the game I was at two weeks ago against Chicago. That didn't happen. So make up for it. Make this a, a Christmas, a magical game, a snow globe at Lambeau Field, and I'll be happy. Uh, Maggie, I probably took away one of your number one answers in BJ Raji, but, but what are you what are your what is on your Packers Christmas list? I'll one up you then and say that I want BJ Raji to catch Aaron Rodgers' 443rd touchdown. <laughs> that, that's pretty i mean if bj isn't back like we're talking about uh Devontae, aaron jones like usual uh typical pass catchers will probably be in that mix but like i want it to be someone absolutely unpredictable whether that's tyler davis or like patrick taylor um i mean yash nyman on a little like play action rollout would be pretty epic but We'll have to see. Uh, uh, Big B will probably be in attendance. Let's hope he's in attendance uh, for Aaron Rodgers breaking the Packers franchise touchdown record at 4:43. That that would be pretty sad if you know. Yet uh, last week he ties it, and then it's all the hype up breaking it at Lambeau Field, and then he we just get shut out. 
Or they just rush for like five touchdowns. Yeah, it's like the AJ Dillon show. I wouldn't be too <laughs> mad with that, but I'm sure Aaron would he he would have to get a little bit of force in there. He'd say, Matt, I don't care that we're up 42 points in garbage time. Let me throw the ball. Yep. Uh let's see here. Okay, I think that's all we have leading up to this game against the Cleveland Browns. So let's jump right into it now. Obviously, the big story about Cleveland. Uh, these past three weeks has been their situation with COVID-19, uh, as with many teams around the league, but they've had they've been hit pretty hard. Uh, their game this past week being moved to Monday, um, just so they could hopefully get some more players back. And now they're coming off of a short week, uh, about five days in there to get back and play on a road game against Green Bay. Uh, some of their key guys that were out, uh, this past weekend's Las Vegas and that are still on the COVID list really uh, are Baker Mayfield. He's been dealing with it, uh, but they did get Kevin Stefanski, their head coach and their highest paid tight end in the league, Austin Hooper uh, back to uh, back from the COVID-19 list. So Maggie, uh, you're our Browns expert here. What, what have uh, been some of the hardest challenges some of the biggest players the Pat Browns have uh, missed due to COVID? I mean, I had a lot of fun actually watching Nick Mullins on Monday, um, but just the, the Browns offense in general has not been up to its billing this year. I know it was kind of like the fun thing to do to make fun of OBJ and say that he was the problem for that offense, but they really are a run heavy offense. And thankfully Nick Chubb was healthy for them, but they're without Kareem Hunt who's dealing with his ankle injury. Obviously no Baker Jarvis Landry was gone. Um, so Donovan people's Jones actually right now leads their team in receiving yards and not one single player has over 500 yards receiving. Whoa. So they are just a, a really abysmal passing offense and their defense has really been the strength of their team, keeping them in games pretty much all season. Okay. And miles Garrett is obviously a, a big part of that Brown's defense, uh, killing it and getting them into a, what is it? Eight wins now or six, seven, somewhere in that range. Yeah. They're, they're seven and seven right now. So, okay. That, that AFC North is certainly an interesting division. Uh, but like I said, miles Garrett, Big part of that Brown defense, but he is currently dealing with a groin injury. And from what Kevin Stefanski said on Wednesday, it's looking like there's a, a, a little bit of a chance or it's, I guess it's, you. I guess right now you could say his status is questionable from doubtful somewhere in that range. Um, and I, I have a question now for you, Maggie, again, on that Browns. Uh, you said their passing offense was awful. Uh Baker Mayfield is struggling this year. He's had to deal with a lot of injuries, but at least on paper, what sticks out to me on this Browns offense is their offensive line that they pieced together so well uh, last year and last offseason, getting Jack Conklin and a lot of other great guys on their offensive line. So what have you thought uh, this year? I mean, is, is the Browns offensive line as good as it looks on paper? Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of ties into the running game being their strength of the offense in general. Baker Mayfield has had a relatively clean pocket for most of the season. And I think it says more about him and, you know, the injuries he's been dealing with. He's not as mobile as like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson. So he's had to kind of really stand in there and sling it. And when he's injured, he hasn't been able to do that as well. But Jedrick Wills, you know, is their first round draft pick awesome left tackle taking over for Joe Thomas. Um, I think both their guards actually are the ones that made the pro bowl and Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. 
they've got good friend of the Packers, JC Treader as their center. And then you mentioned Jack Conklin already. So yeah, I mean, they're one of, if not the best units um, at offensive line in the NFL. Sure. That's a scary group right there. Um, And Nick Chubb, I I, I have to admit a dilemma that I'm going through right now. I'm I'm in a little bit of a pickle uh, because obviously, as I'm sure many other people are in uh, fantasy playoff right now, uh, and I, so I just won this past week, all great, grand, wonderful. Luckily, DK Metcalf uh, outscored the, the LA Rams kicker for me. So that was a big <laughs> win for me. Um, and I'm now on to the second round, but I have a huge problem since I'm in a league with all Green Bay Packers fans. They obviously, when it came time for our fantasy league draft, they, they wanted to get the Packers players, obviously. And the guy I'm going against this week, has Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Josiah DeGuara. And I have on my team Nick Chubb. And there is a pot. I paid $15 to enter this league for, to win, and I'm just thinking I don't know if it's worth it to force myself to even subconsciously root for Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Josiah DeGuara to have a bad day and Nick Chubb to go off. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I think I'll, I'll definitely have to sit Chubb. I always try, if it's possible, to pick up somebody. I don't care. I got to pick up some third, uh, a team's third string running back. I will do anything to make sure I am not starting a player on my team that is playing against the Packers. Uh, but Nick Chubb is just like a focal point of my team. So it's, it's going to be really difficult for me. I guess I'll just hope that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they can score 30 points but I'm just going to do that much better without Nick Chubb in my lineup. See, I think that's funny because I have Nick Chubb on my fantasy team as well, and it is a money league. So I'm also in the the divisional round and I would like um, some points, but I always approach it as a silver lining, right? So like you always want the Packers to win, but if for whatever reason, if the Packers lose and I lose in fantasy, I'm just really crabby. But if the Packers lose and I win my fantasy league that week, then I feel a little bit better about myself. So, you know, Nick Chubb could be your silver lining on Christmas. That is a good point, I guess. I think if I can just, like, get fantasy football out of my mind during the game, and so I'm not rooting for Nick Chubb to get an 80-yard touchdown <laughs> and, like, not concerned when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae are making a good play, like, and then just check it after, then I, I think I might be able to survive. It is going against my moral values, but I, I might try your outlook this week, Maggie. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing uh, for I'm playing for cash. So if, Nick Chubb, if this I, is like a 48 to 20 victory and Nick Chubb has two rushing touchdowns, I'll be OK with it for sure. That's a good. Point. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm playing for cash. Too. I got like half of my normal work paycheck on the line. So like, Oof. Uh, you know, that, that'd be that'd be nice. That'd be a nice fit motor. To see. <laughs> just remember the point I had in my mind. My mind is all over the place this morning. But Big B, we were just talking about the Browns offensive line before I talked about my very important uh, fantasy dilemma. So what do you think about TJ Slayton and his performance last week against the Baltimore Ravens? Kenny Clark was out that week with COVID, and he is still on that list. He's got about two or three days here to get activated. So TJ Slayton might be getting another look. Uh, What were your thoughts on uh, TJ going up against the Baltimore offensive line? Yeah, well, he's definitely um, no Kenny Clark. Um, I think um, that was made clear. Um, but he had an okay performance. I don't think he did anything crazy. Um, sometimes, you know, he got washed away. But 
No, it was. It looked like one of his first starts, and it was. So yeah, I mean, not to see what he does this week, but last week it it was okay. Yeah, it did definitely look like a fifth rounder making his first start. Um, when I was watching my film, uh, which is literally just me pulling up my DirecTV DVR and watching the broadcast again, uh, <laughs> what I saw from TJ was he, he was kind of slow uh, to get out of his position uh, and like actually get in, engaged with the offensive lineman. And by the time he was, it was too late. And the offensive line already had a vantage over him. Uh, but sometimes if a runner is coming by him, he's able to like just jump to the side. And that's pretty crazy to see. It's like a whole whale with that beautiful man jumping out at him. Um, so we'll have to see. Hopefully Kenny is back. Like you said, I definitely appreciated Kenny Clark even more. He's already one of my favorite players, but seeing him not in there uh, against a mobile quarterback really, really had me appreciate Kenny after this past week. Let's see here. Now we got the, the, defensive rankings for the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, they have the ninth ranked run defense in the league and the eighth pass defense. Uh, however, that was before they had all these COVID uh, situations. One big one, obviously, is a rookie cornerback in Greg Newsom dealing with COVID. Uh, he's a cornerback for them, so that'll be definitely something to watch. Um, other than that, we hit on Miles Garrett. We hit on all the other other injuries they got going on, but uh, Maggie Bigby, anything else you want to touch on for uh, this Cleveland Browns game? I think, you know, this game is going to come down to Kenny Clark and the defensive line against Nick Chubb. The Packers have put up 30 plus points in the last four weeks. They're at home on Christmas at Lambeau fighting for the number one seed. I think they're going to score a ton of points and I just don't see the Browns, especially offensively, being able to keep up with that. I think Baker's going to toss up a couple picks and it's just mm -hmm. could be a long day for them. If, if Nick Chubb has, isn't having a ton of success on the ground. I truly hope so. I like, I um, have just been looking forward to this game for so long. Obviously, Maggie, are you going to the game? I will be there. Yeah. Mark and I will be there. Okay. That, <laughs> that's, that's awesome to experience that. And I like, this just has so much potential to be like such a story storybook perfect game for the Packers like just continuing their dominance over the NFC their offense continuing uh to get hot at the right time uh so I'm definitely looking forward to it Big B uh what, what thoughts do you have on this Browns game you're uh, also going to the game yes I am also going to the game just in case you didn't know I just wanted to remind you <laughs> yes um I'll just say prediction Devontae gets two touchdowns Okay. okay. Like That's it. a nice one. Well, well, let's end it off with our crazy predictions that I always love to do. Of just like some random things going on. I'll start us off to set the tone here. And I will say that Tyler Lancaster is going to have a big day and uh, he's going to shut down Nick Chubb pretty quickly. Uh, big B, you got the Devontae touchdown. What would any other bold predictions you got? Let's see. Um, Rasheel Douglas will get a pick six. Let's go. Mm. That's that's pretty much uh, that's really predictable. Yes, <laughs> uh, Maggie, what, what wild prediction you got for this game? My wild prediction is that special teams does not make a mistake. Whoa, <laughs> that might be too unrealistic. There, I don't I don't know if that we can count that. Anyways, be a fun one at Green Bay at Lambeau Field this week. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, thank you, Maggie, for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure. Like I said. 
and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. All right, that was a fun time with Maggie. Um, I think I said I'm looking forward to this game about 20 times, but it is the truth. It is indeed the truth that I am looking forward to this snow globe magical type game that Hallmark movies should be made about. I'm sure they'll be filming a Hallmark movie there. Bigby, you're probably going to be an extra in a Hallmark movie where two people fall in love at a Christmas football game. <laughs> Every Hallmark movie is literally them kissing at the end. <laughs> Everyone. It it's really annoying. I like have watched the same movie, but different plot. Exactly. I, it is. It's not even different plot. It's just like different character, different setting. Or it is a different plot, but it has the same like resolution, climate. Like it, you know, it has the same story arc. Like I watched one Hallmark movie once with my dad. And then like again, I was like a few days later, I was just like on my phone kind of watching slash listening. I'm like, how is this different? Isn't this the exact same story where this busy single mom goes out there into the world and She's too busy for Christmas time uh, and she's just trying to make it by. And then here comes this hot guy who's ready to save her world and show her what Christmas is really about. <laughs> You're so dead on too. It's just a sad part. <laughs> yeah. And then like, there's the different, like, um, like kind of like boxes to pick from like different starting points. Like you could either go like a farm one to appeal to the sellers uh, or, you know, like, big city type thing so like hallmark they really got it down on their christmas movies <laughs> now let's get back to some actual packers softball we'll have to see um what hallmark movies end up being shot at lambeau field on saturday uh but let's see here big b i know you are so excited to talk about this because i put this in the script and you're like what what are you what is going on in your mind it's december 23rd but i wanted to talk about the NFC championship game on uh, probably January or um, sometime in late January, just because we have come to the time of the year of the football season where the Packers are good, like usual. um, And they are the top seed in the NFC, which is kind of a new thing, something that we're not used to, uh, except that's kind of become a commonality since Matt LaFleur was hired in 2019. So that's, that's fun. Um, and it's like now every single piece of content I consume is about the Packers. I obviously every single thing I do beforehand, uh, in my life involves the Green Bay Packers somehow, but now I'm just like on an IV to Green Bay Packers content at this point because, like, I just want to fully embrace this team, fully, like love and get to know their personalities on this team like I know them so that when they finally win the Super Bowl it's a great feeling and I'm not only happy because the Packers win the Super Bowl but I'm happy because Yash Nyman's dreams are coming true and Mercedes Lewis after somehow sticking on an abysmal football franchise for most of his career uh, finally gets his dreams to come true and he's just a hero for this team so like Basically, what I'm saying here, Big B, is yeah. I am ready to cry when the Packers win the NFC Championship. That's what I'm saying. Wow. 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 All right. I mean, what I, I was talking about this last night with a few buddies, and 
what do you think would be like most exciting? Would would it be like more exciting to win the NFC Championship game or win the Super Bowl? Like obviously winning the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, but do you think it would feel like such a like not a weight lifted off your shoulders, but just like finally, if they win the NFC Championship game this year? Yeah, yeah, I would think, especially what we been through like the past 45 off seasons with drama literally every single year yep. and then losing back-to-back NFC championship games. I think we'll feel more accomplished, more confident if we win the NFC championship game. And if we win the Super Bowl, that's pretty much extra, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think what I'm going to do before this year's NFC championship game, I'm going to rewatch all the past four NFC Conference Championship games that the Packers were in, like every single one the day before, so that when they win it the day after, like that's that's just gonna feel good. It would yeah. be even more depressing if they lose again, though. Then it's just like yeah. I spent fifteen hours on this just for them to lose again. That that would be pretty disappointing. But if they win, if they win, man, that's like just like all the feelings. Yes, and oh. and sad thing is though, Jamal Williams will not get a ring. Will that not experience but this. It's so depressing. That's like, I, I am glad though that like besides Jamal Williams, Corey Lindsley, I'd absolutely love to see those two guys uh, get a ring and get to experience this. But other than that, it's pretty much the same core group of guys since 2019, and uh, here we are. They've been trying. They've been trying, and uh, hopefully this year they can put it together. And I just so badly hope we talked about this with Maggie, but really, I need Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari, Jair, Zadarius get to experience this. I hope there are everybody at least is back on the sidelines for the Super Bowl. Obviously, mm-hmm. having them play out there would be helpful to the team, but. Robert Tunyon better be on his scooter or on crutches out there celebrating the Super Bowl. I, I need that to happen, man. Yeah, Robert Robert Tunyon just driving around on a scooter, hoisting Lombardi, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch style. Oh, shoot. That's a great comparison right there. Uh, now moving on from the NFC Championship buildup, we're getting there. But also, just, just soak it in, guys, that we, the Packers, are once again – contenders and that there's hope because just like the Packers have experienced great fate, great quarterback play, elite teams contending two Super Bowl wins for the past 30 odd some years. There's some teams out there. There's many teams out there who have had maybe one or two good years in their whole life. There's, there's probably 16 year olds like us, Big D that have never experienced happiness in their life when it comes to their NFL teams. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the reason that, you know, like the Underage Packers podcast exists because we mm-hmm. actually get to feel joy when we talk about our football team. Yeah, isn't it great? It is. So, yeah. folks, who knows what happens after this year at the quarterback position or anywhere else? Just accept, like, accept the fact, soak it all in, that we are here week 16. And once again, feeling on top of the world, uh, figuratively and literally on top of the NFC. So. There's that. That's great. Uh, and also just in general, man, we only got 
16, 17, 18 wildcard divisional championship Super Bowl. We got seven weeks of football left. That is scary. And, uh, you know, so, so just uh, enjoy it. Appreciate it. When you're watching the Red Zone this Sunday, like, appreciate the drinks you're drinking, the food you're eating, the people you're with, the uncomfortable chair you're sitting on, man. Soak it all. The NFL season is something special. So, so does that mean you're not going to yell at me the next time I tweet that the season's going by really well, fast? Okay. Well, I think w- you tweeted it like in week two. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> the season is so close to being over. Like, come on. We, we got a little bit of time before we can get all sappy up there in September. It wasn't week two, by the way. Okay. Sure. I get that, though. I do get that. Because, like, at the start of the year, it's all going so quick. And you're like, slow down. We waited so far for you to go this fast. Okay, now I wanted to talk about something Aaron Rodgers said, which is sometimes not a good start, not a good leeway, because uh, you never know what's happening. That's almost like saying, okay, let's talk about what Brett Favre said. Um, but Aaron Rodgers said something in his press conference uh, about redemption stories, his post-game press conference after the Ravens game about redemption stories. And I loved this because of how much I, I guess I kind of relate to it um, and how much I agree with him um, about players that kind of had approved themselves that they are still, they are still that guy. They are still that player that can go out there on Sunday and play a great game of football uh, whether it's a bounce back game or recovering from injury. And they just really needed that for their morale. And I definitely root for players like that. I was rooting so hard for Alan Lazard after a few bad weeks, everybody was fighting him off. And really all throughout the season, I am rooting for players that people told me were going to suck or people hate on. I rooted yeah, so hard for Kevin Keenan and he kind of let me down. But yes, ever indeed. since Rashawn Gary, I didn't. I knew very little about Rashawn Gary when he was drafted. But ever since that offseason when people were saying he was taken too high or he's going to be a bust, I was like, shoot, Rashawn Gary is my favorite player now. And it got even more after 2020 uh, or 2019 when Preston and Zedari Smith took a majority of the outside linebacker snaps and people were like, he's so bad he can't even get there on the field. Shut up. That's a stupid take. And now Rashawn Gary is out here, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Absolutely a scary force to quarterback. So that's Rashawn Gary. I love rooting for Marquez Valdez-Scaling specifically because of how much hate he received uh, in a similar situation to Devontae Adams. If I was old enough to be on Packers Twitter in 2014, I'm sure I would have rooted hard for Devontae Adams, who got a lot of criticism uh, for having a lot of drops his first few years, and then he put it together. And uh, anyways, let's just roll the clip. Let's get this thing going here. Let's roll it along, Joey. I love my teammates. I really do. I mean, I care about them so much. I care about the redemption stories as much as anything for those guys. And a lot of them happen week to week. I felt like last week was an Allen bouncing back. And Allen and I have, have uh, you know, gotten close, especially this year. Um, Marquez, though, is a special human being. He really uh, has a great personality. And I could feel... You know, the confidence-wise, you know, he's been, you know, a little up and down. So to be able to have him come out tonight and play the way he played and catch the record-tying touchdown, I think was very apropos of, uh, you know, football and, 
and the beauty and the redemption stories that happen every single week. So really happy for Marquez and uh, happy as well that, you know, I can hopefully break it uh, at home in front of our fans. Great clip from Aaron Rodgers there. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, and Dean Lowry is another one of those guys, and that's why you and me love him. And Tyler Lancaster. Tyler Lancaster. Those lunch fail type guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, what do we have on tap here? We talked about uh, Big Dog. I talked about the emotional connection with him a little bit earlier on. But seriously, he's, he's starting to become a, a good part of this offense, not just as a blocking tight end, man. The play-action rollouts are finally starting to work, not only because Aaron Rodgers is doing some absolutely sick fakes. If I had more room, I would bless the world and like try to act it out, but I – I don't, I, I don't have the room to do that. What a shame. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers fakes that are just so beautiful to watch from every single camera angle. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers doing great at faking the handoff. And then Big Dog rolls out because and everybody's faked out and they're back there. Aaron Rodgers just stumps it off to him. And that man is hard to tackle. Yeah. You, you can't bring him down with just one guy. And I was so excited for Big Dog. Mercedes Lewis when he had that one catch near the end zone and he like trucked three guys in a row and then he just barely got tackled by some cornerback. Um, he made the and, he, and he flung the guy he was blocking. Like he just flung him like five yards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mercedes, not only a great guy, great, uh, not role model, great leader for the slot room, but with Robert Tunyon out, he is – He's starting to be a pretty big part of this offense, I'd say. Uh, now, let's see. Also in that Ravens game, you had the Browns or the Ravens head coach. Just I, I opened Twitter for a second and I saw a picture of the Browns throwback uniforms and I got all messed up. But the Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh, uh, he got a lot of flack for his decision to go for two uh, in this game and try to win it in regulation against the Packers, and I have to say, I don't know if it's an analytics thing or whatever it is, John Harbaugh made completely the right decision. Not only if you want to be an absolute nerd and be like, well, uh, teams convert on two-point conversions with less than 30 seconds left on 80% of tries. Shut up. All right, nobody cares about you, nerd. <laughs> um, but, like, just from a logical standpoint of what we're looking at, for because – analytics throw those out the window i'm so glad that people on twitter are like analytics are trash all right throw those out the window you look at what the ravens were dealing with in their situation where their cornerbacks their secondary was absolutely decimated i would a billion percent if i'm baltimore take my chances on mark andrews an absolute red zone threat who has the Packers have had no answer for all day. I'm a billion times out of 10 taking my chances with Mark Andrews coming down with the ball than I am with giving Aaron Rodgers the ball back in overtime or having to put together another drive in overtime if we receive the ball. So, in my opinion, great choice by John Harbaugh. And what we saw from the Mike Dub clip from Harbaugh was really he trusted his players to make that decision. He went up to them and said, all right, you want to go for two or you just want to go into overtime? And they decided to go for two, but luckily uh, Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes finally put it together and stopped that two-pointer. Okay, now Big B, I want to hear your thoughts 
you're you're notorious. I don't know if notorious is the right word, but I've hear I hear hear a lot from you every week on Matt Lafleur not running the ball. And this past week again, most of the time Matt did a good job. He did, but I think on that final drive, and Aaron Rodgers probably had a, a certain part to do in it as well uh, for record chasing. But what what was your thoughts on Packers game management in that fourth quarter? Yeah, that, that final drive, I don't know what we were trying to accomplish there or why they even decided the past three times in a row, but it absolutely blew my mind, and it was just absolutely terrible play calling, terrible time management. Like, I understand the Ravens have the best run defense in the NFL, but the, but the running game started to get going slowly throughout that game, started picking up five, six yards on some rushes executively too. Like they were starting to really get going. And then that final drive, Matt LaFleur and probably Aaron Rodgers as well, just absolutely decides not to run the ball one time, go three and out, just put the game away. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do. I just, ah. That You're scaring so me through my laptop speakers. What? You're scaring me through my laptop speakers. Good. <laughs> you got me like it, my whole room is vibrating right now. <laughs> Three demands for Matt to run the ball. And then we'll be talking about like, I love like, I feel like a lot of times we'll talk about like, oh my God, Matt LaFleur, what are you thinking here? And then like five minutes later, we're like, Matt LaFleur is the coach of the year. <laughs> yes exactly that's the ravens game uh one last thing to hit on with that uh ravens having a, a secret coverage or a secret package to cover Devontae adams where he basically had uh pretty much the whole city of baltimore covered on him and uh that led to marquez velda scantling having a big game for 98 yards big day for mvs uh however marquez is going to be out this week it looks like with COVID-19. Big B, I need to hear it from you. The Packers wide receiver room, they're looking decimated. Who is going to step up this week? I'm sure the Browns are going to have some plans for Devontae. Yes. So who's stepping up in that wide receiver room? You know, I could say Alan Lazard. I, I feel like that's the easy choice. But I'm going to go with Equinemia St. Brown. Oh. Coming back from injury. It's going to have a big day. Book it. It's gonna be I like that answer. I like that answer, man. EQ, contract year, man. Uh, let, let, let's get a little bit of an EQ from back in the good old days of his rookie year of 2018. Man, I thought him and MBS were going to be a dynamic wide receiver duo. That obviously hasn't come to fruition fruit, whatever, yet. <laughs> but we're getting there, folks. Just have faith. Next year. Just, next year. Just have to wait one more year. year. Extend MBS, extend EQ because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to have 2,000 yard receivers, 3,000 yard receivers because we're going to extend Devontae too. We're going to make it work, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Anything else to hit on? Um, I did want to hit on like how the Gutekinds haters were wrong, all the people that calls me and you and many other. Packer fans who dare to say their general manager has a plan were wrong about their hate for Brian Gutekinds, but I think I've yelled at enough people today. I've yelled at the analytics guys, so I I might, I think I might want to, I think that's all we have.
Yeah. You want to let, I'm, I'm going to bring up the Packers special defensive package for the um, Ravens wide receivers. I'm playing seven yards off every play. Like, I feel like that is one part on why the um, Packers defense looked bad is because they were trying to take away the home run ball. And who was it? Is it named John, John Harbaugh? Just, he knew that. So he just did nice little five yard curls wide open every single play. Yep. And like, I don't. I thought the whole point of firing Mike Pettin was to get away from oh, the seven yeah. yards off, but apparently not because Joe Barry has other plans. Like I get, I, don't. I get it's smart for them to take away the home run ball, but you don't have to do it every single play, playing seven yards off. Like, good lord. Well, it was the Mike Pettin prevent defense that he started playing prevent in the third quarter. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to take those five-yard dumps, if you give it to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to take them. And eventually, they're going to end up scoring 14, 17 points in the fourth quarter if you just let them keep on doing that. So that was certainly frustrating. Yes. But that's all we have for you today. This whole episode, we've been recording for a total of about an hour and 15 minutes now. Kind of crazy. I'm exhausted. I've been so hyped up with my cherry Dr. Pepper man. Uh, but I think we're going to end it off here. We appreciate all of you listening, tuning in wherever. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Underage Packers podcast on YouTube. Follow us on all the social medias. We'll talk to you later. Let's get this win against Cleveland this week. And move on to 12-3. and three. Go Pack Go.